Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we talk about all of the chapters from Shonen Jump on Viz's website, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. And this week we read Bakuman Volume 19, about halfway done through Bakuman. Almost. Before we get to that, though, what did you think of Shonen Jump this week, Kevin? I liked a lot of Shonen Jump this week. I felt like, for me, it's basically my mid-card was kind of hard to settle around. And, like, I tend to like a lot of stuff. So when I say my mid-card, I realize this was stuff that I enjoyed. So I had a hard time figuring out what I enjoyed more. Out of, yeah. You know, there were a couple standout things. But for the most part, I really liked a lot of stuff. I didn't think it was quite as good as last week, but I will agree with you. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed quite a bit of it. Shall we just go ahead and jump in then with Jujutsu Kaisen Chapter 150, Preparation Part 3, which they have my decapitating that guy in full color for dummies like me who didn't notice it. <laughs> and then the rest of it is just kind of her being a badass. Yeah, I really liked the fight scenes in this. I mostly liked it. The unfinished pages that are just in the middle there yeah. really took me out of it. Yeah, that did that did suck a little bit, but... Most people in the comments were very supportive, and like we always say, weekly manga is super hard. Mm-hmm. The artist of Jujutsu Kaisen has clearly been struggling, whether that is for health or other reasons, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But And this is a super intense fight chapter. I totally get it. But I tend to be a person who would prefer something be late, a week late and finished than... On time, even though I complain all the time when One Piece is late. I liked the fight in this so much, I forgot about those unfinished pages. Like, I, I remember hitting them, being like, ooh, he's struggling a little bit. But at the very least, it wasn't the ending pages that were unfinished. Like, it was, like, part of the middle ones. Yeah, it was just very... It was in the middle of that very intense fight, which is, I think, why it stuck out more to me. Fair. Is lots of I'm enjoying this, I'm enjoying... Ooh, this is not not great. Mm-hmm. And there's, the story continues to be, I don't want to say rush, but it's very, these are these guys, and then she beats them up, which is exactly what I was saying this chapter should be. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a complaint, but it is, like, I do not care about these guys she's beating up, and I'm not really. I don't think you're supposed to. she's going to kill the entire Zenin clan, and Megumi's going to be like, yeah, I'm in charge of it. And she's like, yeah, you are. Like, who's left? She's like, uh, me? <laughs> I think I left some of the janitors alive. And the bad guy we're clearly setting up for the next arc. That mm-hmm. once you dead. Yeah. I actually, I really liked that bit where they were like, oh, these are these people. And she just instantly annihilates them. And oh, these are these people instantly annihilates them. Yeah, that didn't do much for me. But I did like the instant annihilation. Like I said, that was exactly what I was thinking this chapter should be. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a complaint. It's just a trope I talk about all the time. When in I brought it up in Black Clover a few weeks ago. Where it's like, these are mid-rank demons. Yep. It's like, cool. You you guys are like, these are jobbers for me to beat. These are Nappas. I guess Nappa's different because Nappa beat the shit out of everybody until Goku showed up. He's a jobber done properly. Yes. So I have, like I said, pretty critical of it. It's still ranked fairly high because you're right. The fight scene was quite good and it was exactly what this chapter should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to say on it? Nope. That'll bring us to One Piece Chapter 1014, The Ham. What did you think of One Piece this week, Kevin? I did really like One Piece this week. I had a little bit of whiplash, I guess. Like, it felt like some of the things didn't quite flow as good as they normally do to me. 
Interesting. I think I know what you mean, but I didn't get that sense really. It just a little bit. Like there was really it was heroin suddenly fighting against yeah. Chopper. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, and I, I feel like that's kind of normal for One Piece to have those bits in it. I will call them out a lot. I'm not sure he is fighting against Chopper, but I did look at that page three or four times before I came to that conclusion. Okay. I think that's just supposed to show all the places where it's going bad for the Straw Hats. Gotcha. And the Chopper fight is one of them and Perowin's another, but you might be right and I might be wrong. Like, the last time we saw Perowin was he was he left dealing with Carrot. Carrot. So that he would be inside makes sense. Yeah. But it just like but you think he would show up, we'd see him show up to the chopper battle and then be like, oh no. Yeah. Which is why I don't think he did. I think he is just killing mooks. It could be. But I don't know that. Because you're right, the way the panels are structured, it does look like he's involved in that fight. Mm-hmm. And it like it's still good. The the moment at the end's pretty powerful. Yeah. I'm not sure if Kitamon's dead, but that's just because nobody dies in one piece. Yeah. And the fact that that's true of the series kind of through that ending chapter, not or ending moment, not off to me, but like, I'm not sure if that's a heroic sacrifice or not. Yeah. Or if he's going to show up with a big bandage on his head later, like either way that scene plays. Mm-hmm. I really like the beginning with Kaido speculating on whether Luffy is Joy Boy or not. Yeah, that was pretty Because we cool. don't really know what Joy Boy <laughs> is or what his deal is, but this is the first time suggesting that, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I also love Kaido's strategy, which is super consistent with him before, being like, hey, I beat Luffy, you better all surrender. Yep. And Caesar Clown, he shows up in a flashback in this. I miss that guy. Yeah. He's like my favorite hostage that Straw Hats have ever had. <laughs> I also do like the moment where Kaido feels a bit arrogant to me, where he was, you know, he kind of had the thing of, Oh, so you managed to empower your yourself with the uh, Supreme Hockey, but it was crude and clumsy. And part of me was like, you realize he just figured out how to do that while fucking fighting you, right? I think that's kind of Kaido's point, but I also see what you mean. He he came off Eric, like, you know, I guess like it was leading to that, oh, you can't be Joy Boy thing. But part of me is like, well, I mean, that's extremely impressive growth considering this kid that honestly probably shouldn't be fighting you, managed to figure out a new technique in the middle of the battle. I read it as Kaido just being disappointed because Luffy kept doing that. Fair. Like, Luffy kept climbing higher and higher and higher, and he's like, oh, you did have a limit. Like, I was expecting you to be even better because of all these things you'd done. That's fair. But I, I was disappointed. I read it as, like, a Goku, like, oh, you're very good, but, like, you're you're still not a challenge to me, and that's what I wanted. Fair. I can see why you say arrogant, but that's actually right. Is very in keeping with him to me. Oh yeah, like it, it, he he is not like ah oh, you suck and should have never fought me. He's like ah oh, you you weren't the guy who could beat me. Mm-hmm. Which so far has turned true. The part that bothered me was Kanjiro just doing the same thing again. Yeah, I mean I get it, but Kinemon killing him was good though. Yeah, but it sucked with the uh, I forget her name, but the lady samurai yes falling yes, for it again with that like. It wasn't like falling for it again. It was like, oh, I, I, even knowing it, I can't strike him. Yeah. It's slightly different, but I agree with you. Well, part of me just had the thing of like, well, why didn't you at least block? You know, yeah. like you should, yeah. you should literally be on guard. You have seen this trick before. And you're like, ah, oh, stop doing this trick. Yeah. T- how many times do I need to teach you this lesson, old man? Yeah. You know, if it had been 
like, I'm now thinking if it had been something along the lines of, like, he had managed to, like, get his arms around Momosuke. Yeah. And she went to go save him and was like, I can't hit him even knowing that he's fake. I think that would have played a little bit better than, oh, I'll just leave myself open. Like, what you wouldn't have left yourself open against Odin either. Yeah, I can agree with that. Anything else you want to say on One Piece? No. That'll bring us to My Hero Academia number 314, The Lovely Lady Nagant. And I just couldn't help but think, hey, if these, like, secret underground hero people just, like, recruited people who believe in the stuff they believe instead of just kidnapping children and training them, maybe this would have gone better. (laughs) It seems like like a guy like Stained would join you willingly and then he wouldn't get betrayed by them. Yeah. Nope, that that seems totally fair. Which is honestly probably, like... That's a, a good metaphor for the organization in general. Yeah, it's just, this is My Hero Academia trying to go to a more, not realistic sort of tone, but Deku's talking about how everything's shades of gray, and as he's growing up, he's learning that, and it's a metaphor for growing up and realizing that everything isn't like in manga, mm-hmm. but this organization that sort of did all the dirty jobs just seems very incompetent to me. And the only two agents we have of them are Nagant and Hawks, who are both badasses. I think that's both a compliment to the two of them, as well as it's not that the organization is necessarily incompetent. It's just they, you know, they have that villain problem of they think they have the upper hand the whole time. Yeah. Especially when you have a badass that's not a quote unquote superhero. Where it's like, oh yeah, I've got this super powerful person locked up. There's nothing he can do. There's several things he can do. You're just hoping that he doesn't do any of them. I guess, to me, it's just the real-life CIA recruits people that are loyal to the country, right? And loyal to the cause. Yep. And certainly you get whistleblowers and defectors in that. And I understand in a world with quirks, you're going to want people that have the appropriate quirks for this wet work job, right? Mm-hmm. It just seems like you can recruit some people instead of just brainwashing children who are inevitably going to betray you. Yeah, that, that's totally fair. Like the chapter overall, though, the yeah. Nagant Deku fight is quite good. Mm-hmm. I do like the sort of introduction of this theming. Chisaki at the end, not sure what he's going to do, but that's an interesting wrinkle. Yeah. Nagant's motivation is good. I can see an easy face turn for her, or I can see her continuing to be one of the more effective villains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all works. All right. If that's all we have to say about it, next is Blue Box number seven. You'll be fine. What did you think of Blue Box this week, Kevin? I really liked Blue Box this week. I really liked the kind of tender moment when she catches him after school to play badminton in the park. Yeah, and she's like, hey, I said I wanted to play with you at some point. Yeah. You know, I love that just that little bit at the beginning where she's like, all right, ready? And and like whiffs it. And she can't. And she's like, no, I can rally. I just I'm not good at serving. Yeah. And he's like, this right. I'm just going to teach you. Yep. I also really like that the upperclassman he beat is frustrated. And, like, Chiaki points out, like, hey, if you just take the last, like, bit in, into account, you won. Like, you were on pace to win if the game had reset there. Yeah, and that's why the upperclassman was frustrated, was he noticed it, too. Of like, yeah, everyone said I won, but did you see how well he was doing at the end there? Yeah. Yeah, I really, really liked it as well. The cliffhanger is super weird to me. Because we don't see Chiaki's reaction to what she's reacting to. Yeah, I, I it really intrigued me, though, because I'm really wondering, is she just the the kind of person that doesn't express? 
that stuff well. Like, maybe she struggles with expressing stuff in general, so she, like, learned how to look happy and just looks happy all the time. Do you know what I mean? Could be. Could be. Because I, I do like that moment of, she's like, oh, is that what it looked like? And you don't, you know, we don't know. Is she agreeing with the, you know, oh, I feel the same way. Oh, no, I don't feel that way. Uh, yeah. Like I said, just kind of a weird moment, but I will agree with you. I really, really like the chapter. Mm-hmm. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Yeah. Well, that'll bring us to Mash All Magic and Muscles, Chapter 64, Dot, Lance, and How Babies Are Made. This is a decent chapter of Mashal, I think. Yeah. It focuses on some of the side characters and gives them exactly the right num- amount of screen time. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting power for a villain to have. I just don't think the jokes really landed at all for me. Which And they take up a fair portion yeah. of the chapter. It wasn't amazing. The joke at the end is basically the same joke as... It's an, yeah, it's a, an identical joke. It's more to remind you that's going on, I feel like, than to be a new yeah. joke. Well, I'm like... He's admitting it, and so, like, I still do like the new twist of MASH being, you know, like, you don't know who I am. I am I am so sorry. <laughs> you are correct. But yeah, during the that guy's powers, I just kept hearing the uh, Mortal Kombat babality. <laughs> I was not, but yeah, that tracks. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, turn people into babies is a good power, if, but if they show in that you too hard, you'll still lose. Yeah, like that one uh, One Piece character that we'll never fucking see again. That's not true. But... She'll show up again. She has to. Yeah, she will. But... She's like at the center of the weird conspiracy that you have to remember is going on in the background. <laughs> I know. That Luffy's entirely oblivious to. <laughs> to be fair, like Nami's entirely oblivious to it. Well, it's because she's sure hanging. Kaido knows it's going on. Well, I mean, you also have Nami is stuck following Luffy around, so. Yeah. Well, and it's a conspiracy that works because no one knows it's going on. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on that that's not about One Piece? No. That'll bring us to Ayakashi Triangle, Chapter 46, Blazing Okimo City. What did you think of Ayakashi Triangle this week, Kevin? I did really like it. I'm trying to remember exactly what happened in it. Kind of nothing? Yeah. This is sort of, like, this is what I've been asking Ayakashi Triangle to do for a while. And they're like, here you go, Jeremy, do you like it? I'm like, no. No, I don't. Well, this is the this is the getting ready to go on an adventure yes. thing. Yeah. At the so, end, they're like, we're going to go on a mission, the four of us. I'm like, yeah, the four of you go on a mission. Yeah, it's what I wanted. And Suzu's like, I have a cool new outfit. I'm like, yeah, that is a cool new outfit, Suzu. But the rest of it is just sweaty girls, which isn't my thing. If it's your thing, I can recommend this chapter. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was fine. But that, that was the thing that I wanted to be like, oh, this is the thing Jeremy was talking about. Of, all right, I want to get some more action in it. This is the, you know, we still have the, all right, here's a new fetish to explore, but let's... Uh, Surely they've done this before. I don't think anyone's talked about their sweaty armpits before. Maybe this is new. Yeah. And I also, uh, part of me laughed at Susie's new outfit. I was like, that's not nearly as slutty as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Same. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure, it, I'm sure she'll have a transformation where she gets less clothed. Um, but you are right. I also had that feeling. Mm-hmm. I did kind of like the joke at the end where the rival character is like, "Wait, you're why? Am I, why am I with all girls? Yeah, why am I surrounded by girls? <laughs> it's supposed to be mission time. <laughs> it's supposed to be mission I- time. I can't hide this boner. Yeah. Also, Garaku meeting Matsuri's mom is an interesting wrinkle. Yes. But for the most part, this is just setup, setup and fetish, <laughs> but not my fetish. So. It also seemed like she, like, they knew each other sort of already. Yes. Yes. 
Certainly they have some sort of relationship. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say about it? Nope. That'll bring us to Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin, Depth 44, Days Like Bubbles. I really liked this chapter, but it was kind of just fight at the end of the day. There mm-hmm. were bits I really liked. I really liked the rolling waves counter to the Tartarus ability. The ending suitably raises the stakes. Yeah. But it's just a quick fight chapter, really. Yeah, it didn't It didn't smash me this week like last week's did. Same. And I honestly don't have much to say about it. It's one of those things, like we say often, we'll read great in the trade. Yep. We'll be great if there's a hard-boiled cop and dolphin anime. Yeah. Interesting that he's like, the one thing that stuck out to me is like, he was my partner. No, he is my partner, which makes me wonder if he is going to come back. Just because it's going to be really hard to continue this series without him. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's, you know, like part of me would go, listen, I've seen Chaco do some crazy shit. Yeah. So if, and like literally her wishes come true. So if she wants to see her papa, that's going to happen. Yeah. There's plenty of setup for it. Yeah. And yay being in the background at the end of this chapter Mm -hmm. also could be a wrinkle, but I could also see this being an ending for this series potentially this being the climax when we went into this story i didn't think it would be and maybe it just has that good shonen energy where i always say every story should feel like that in a shonen story yeah but i really don't know with this one same last but not least we have mission yozakura family mission 84 mission complete what did you think of this chapter kevin i didn't like this one as much as i did last week's with the like we had to have all the siblings contribute again this seemed very much to me like, now it's over, so we need to end it. Yes. I was just thankful this cha- this story was over, because like I said, it's not been my favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I enjoyed it fine, but it was just kind of like, all right, cool, we had all the sibling attacks. Now all of them have to chime in on, all right, we're helping contain this dude. Okay. Like, I thought he was beaten already. We could have just, you know, ended it. Yeah. Again, it, it was fine. Like, it was one of the ones that I enjoyed, but I didn't enjoy it as much as last week. It does, a couple of things are good, although I had a bit of confusion about where Mitsumi was physically in this chapter. She's still in the helicopter, right? I think so, but I had the moment of, wait, is Tayo holding on to her then? I'm so confused. It's a metaphor hug. (laughs) It's totally possible, but I just like, she's she's not in the base, right? Like she didn't just appear for no reason. (laughs) I feel like someone would have commented on it if she did. Probably. Anything else you want to say on Mission Yozakura family? Nah. All right. That'll take us into Jump Card. Jump Card is a segment where we rank everything we've read this week, not just the stuff we talk about weekly. 20 full chapters of Shonen Jump, so what do you have at number 20, Kevin? That's where I have High School Family. Same. This idea works okay. I think like the idea of Gomez as a delinquent could work as a running joke in this, but that's not what this is, mm-hmm. and nor, does, nor do I think the jokes actually land in this no, chapter. 
it's not particularly good. It's definitely not as cringy as some of the earlier stuff was, but it was just kind of like, eh, this is just, like I said, I, I did enjoy quite a lot of stuff in here, so this was just, eh, it's kind of just the thing I don't like the most. Yeah. What do you have at 19? That's where I put I tell C. Also same. God, the explanations, can they stop? Yeah. The, I figured out your plan before you even made it. Okay, sure. What? Whatever. We already did that, but okay. Yeah. What do you have at 18? I bet it's not the same as what I have at 18. That's what I have Sakamoto days. I didn't like it that much either this week. It it just seemed like it was suddenly over. Like, the last chapter feels really weird because it feels like the entire story is over, even though it's not. Mm-hmm. It's got that, and then we all went home and ate pasta sort of feel to it. Yeah. Like, the I have it a little harder because the gimmick of how they won, I thought, worked fine. That's fine, yeah. I have Black Clover at 18, because it just feels like Black Clover is right back on that stuff I don't care for about it. I like the ending because a character I like showed up, but the entire rest of it was just like, there's some there's a fight going on over here, and over here, and over here, and over here. There was a moment in Black Clover that made me put much higher that I can talk about when I get to it. Okay. So, yeah, I do understand what you're saying about it, though. For now, what do you have at 17? That's where I have me and Robico. Also same. I like this chapter because Robico's basically not in it. I feel like there must have been a joke. For me to put it above Black Clover, I feel like there must have been a joke in it I liked, but I can't remember it now. I I like this scenario. Like, we've had a very similar one before with... Yeah, I feel like we've just seen it before is my problem with it, but I will agree with you that it's one of the, like... It's one of the character traits I like about me and Robocow. Yeah, the thing that I really liked at the end is when they're like, hey, all right, we're here to hang out. What do we want to do? And Gorilla and boy. Bondo. Bondo. <laughs> look at each other and have the moment of like, hey, man, we know you're struggling. So let's just take a nap. Yeah. And they all just go take a nap. Uh, I liked that as well. What do you have at 16? That's where I have Magu-chan. Also same. And this was weird because Magu-chan... It just felt very weird to me. I had a very bad day yesterday while I was reading manga, mm. and that kind of, like, like it came to a head while I was reading Magu-chan, so I was worried maybe I put it too low because of that, but also, like, it, it was kind of cute, but not that good, and the ending wasn't great, I thought. So I, I do feel a little like uh, I put it in the right spot hearing we put it at the same place. Yeah, and it for me, it was just like, I just think everything else performed better. Not that Magu-chan was particularly bad, but it wasn't it wasn't super cute. You know, I was just kind of like, all right, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Like I even, you know, besides high school family and I tell C, I actually rather enjoyed pretty much everything. So this was just kind of like, yeah, I just, I liked everything more. Sorry. Gotcha. What do you have at 15? That's where I put undead and unluck. Undead and luck kind of got me this week. It just felt sure. like a proper shonen moment. Like I said, it, this is usually where it would go. So I think it, I just think it did a little better than it usually does this week. Fair. Uh, did you? Is there anything you wanted to say on it? Yeah, very similar to my Microgen thing. I th- just think other stuff outperformed it. Yeah. And I was, you know, again, I, I enjoyed it. it. It was fine. Uh, this is where I put Sakamoto Days. Like I said, when you're, where you put it. It's just mm-hmm. like the gimmick of how he won. That worked. That's mm-hmm. fine. But everything else about it felt kind of eh. Yeah. What do you got at 14? That's where I put Nine Dragons. I, I have it ever slow slightly higher. Yep. This was still pretty good. I like the, you know, oh, we're all dejected, but we use that to fuel our desire to become a team more, which is nice, except 
it feels like we did not include the two new people at all. At all, yeah. Like, I don't even My think problem- they were in the chapter. My problem was more like it was a real somber down chapter, and it started to feel to me like, because of all the review stuff, it might have been the last chapter. Like, I could see this series ending with, but we're going to do better in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We came up with this training regimen, and it just, like, it was kind of a bummer chapter. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it had that weird energy to it to me. Fair. Nine Dragons really needs to kick itself in gear. I really want it to, because I, I quite like it. Yeah. But like we were talking about last week, it's got, it's not as good as other sports manga. I have Candy Flurry at 14. Sure. It just, it feels like it's going like into just like a direct like generic shonen hole, right? Like now we're going to have a tuning exam. Yeah. And we're going to introduce this other new character. And I feel like Candy Flurry's real weakness is it's real bad at introducing characters. Mm-hmm. What do you have at 13? That's right. I put Candy Flurry. I completely That's where agree. I put Nine Dragons. Gotcha. <laughs> I completely agree with you with it. It feels like it's going into the generic shonen hole. It was like, I, I, there's this really cool concept for the start of this series. And I'm not going to say that this is bad, but at the same time, if it just keeps going into the shonen hole, it was like, it will be something that will be enjoyable, but it won't be, hey, you should totally go read this. This will be like, it's, you know, you've read seven different manga that do all the same thing, but yeah. the powers are different. It'll be like Undead Unlock, where some leaks I really like it, but for the most part, I just think it's taking up space, and if it gets an anime, I won't watch it. Mm-hmm. What do you have at number 12? That's where I put Mission Yuzakura. Same. I don't really have anything else to say over what we Me talked about. Me either. What you got at 11? That's where I put Mashal. Same. Yeah, I, you know, it was, a, it was a pretty decent chapter of Mashal, but nothing spectacular. Nah, yep. What do you have at number 10? That's where I have Witch Watch. Okay. I I thought it, like, it flowed pretty good. And I, I am interested in what this ending is going to be like. But... Yeah. When it didn't resolve, it really caught me off guard in like a good way. Yes. And I really like how she gets out of the situation into a worse one. Yeah. Not a worse one. A more interesting one. Yeah. I got Undead on Luck at 10. Sure. Like I said, I thought the Shonen stuff in it worked in a way it doesn't usually. Character pull that we got was super interesting to me. I didn't this pay is, too I don't much care attention for Shen to it. at all. I understand. I understand him being up there, especially he, he with... gets a lot of screen time. So yeah, well, and as, you know, he's gotten a lot of focus recently. Yeah. What do you have at nine? That's where I have the elusive samurai. I really liked elusive samurai this week. So did I. It's just a a thing of I think I liked other things more, but I do agree with you. I I did really like this chapter of elusive samurai where he's. I love where he's fighting the one guy. He's like, oh, your evasion is really great. And then he's like, all right, now your turn to attack. Ah, oh, you suck at attacking. That's why you want to train. And like, he like goes through this whole monologue with the Lord being like, you figured all of that in the time it took me to make one attack. Yeah. I like this good. new character. Yeah. I got Dr. Stone at nine. Sure. This is where I felt like you, you said last week that Dr. Stone wasn't hitting you every week anymore. This is where I felt it. Mm hmm. The Zeno bit, I totally get resurrecting him, especially with their goal. Yeah. But telling him about the, like, petrification stuff seemed weird. He seems like the most likely leak for it. Sure, he could figure it out, but that just seemed kind of odd to me. Gen figuring it out also seemed kind of odd to me. Well, I think the big thing with the the Zeno thing was they were telling him to be like, hey, you know, your plans, they won't work anymore. Okay, that that makes sense. It's entirely a recruitment tactic. Yeah, that was the threat of, 
you know, yeah, sure, we're immortal now, but uh, there's some dude up on the moon who will turn us all to stone if it ever gets yeah. too far. And the fact that he's not trying anymore is interesting. Yeah. It was my number eight. Okay. I, so I agree with you on roughly where it landed. Still liking Dr. Stone. But like I said, last week wasn't hitting me as hard, but this week was, you know, good. Yeah. Um, I got Ayakashi Triangle at eight. Like I said, it gave me exactly what I want. I hate it. I don't hate it. I'm very excited for next week, but this chapter <laughs> was nothing. Fair. What do you have at seven? That's where I have Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin. That low. Okay. I like. I will agree. It wasn't what I was hoping. It was more. I liked everything else more. Like Fair. that. It when I when I was doing the list, it was like hey, it, this just ends up here. It was hard though for my my number six and seven. So what was your number seven? Which watch? Okay. Like I said, I really like the situation at the end. I love that she thinks someone's going to confess to him, but they all just want to use her magic. And I adore how into like getting how good a wingman cone is. Mm-hmm. I adore that little relationship. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, good. What do you have at six? That's where I put Ayakashi Triangle. I'm excited about the the shift, and you know, Susan's got a new outfit. The joke at the end really landed for me. With why am I surrounded by girls? Like it worked for me too, but like what it made me realize is like, oh, this is the only joke in this chapter. Basically, yeah. Six is where I put Jujutsu Kaisen. Sure. I think what it comes down to is just that unfinished page hurts it a lot in my book. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't care for the trip of these guys, these guys, these guys. Mm-hmm. Even though exactly what I thought the chapter should have been, the, those two pages. Probably if that page had been finished, it probably would have put it two spots higher. Mm-hmm. Honestly, what do you got at number five? So that's where I put Black Clover. Okay. I didn't mind the, hey, let's get caught up with everyone else thing because I'm, you know, more invested in the Black Clover characters than you are. But the thing that really got me was the Green Mantis captain fighting against the the one demon dude that, like, resurrected himself. And just that moment of, hey, you, sit down. That guy won. You can't take it away from him. Eh, yeah, just didn't do anything for me, even though I really like that fight. No, totally fair. It just, that that one, that's the moment that really got me. Of, uh, you know, that guy won. You can't take it away from him. Five's where I put Elusive Samurai. Sure. I really liked it. I like, like, how evil the villains are, for lack of a better term. I like the tactic stuff. And I like the bits you talked about. Fair. It all just worked really well for me. What do you have at number four? That's where I put My Hero. Same. It's good. Yeah. No more to say about it. What do you got at three? That's where I put One Piece. Uh-huh. Like I said, that, the, that moment of... Just a little bit of whiplash on some of the things took it down for me a little bit. And, you know, I, I do still really like this stuff, so it was good. Super fair. Super fair. That's usually dings one piece for me. That's where I put Hard Billy Cop and Dolphin. Sure. I really like the fight, but like I said, that's all we got there. Mm-hmm. What do you have at number two? That's where I put Blue Box. Surprised it's not your number one. Also where I put Blue Box. I was, I, I was really struggling with that and what I put as my number one. I did really like a lot of the moments in that, but I, my number one was Jujutsu Kaisen, because like I said, I literally forgot about the unfinished page. Like, I remember reading it, yeah. but when I was going to rank the series, literally like yeah, an hour after reading head. the chapter, it didn't enter my mind. That was how much fun I had with that fight. Gotcha. And I put one piece at one, mostly for the Kaido stuff, actually. Totally fair. Talking about it more made me like think about it more of like, oh yeah, that actually does make more sense than my initial impression being a bit more negative toward him. But the, the stuff you talked about with Presbro is totally the stuff that normally puts keeps One Piece out of the number one spot for me. So mm-hmm. 
I definitely get that. Which is, it's sort of unfair because it's, you know, like my number one literally had unfinished pages. <laughs> yeah. But part of that is, it's like, it's not the fact that there was whiplash. It's the fact that there was whiplash in one piece that doesn't normally happen. Like, I don't yeah, normally yeah. have those issues. So when they show up, it seems more glaring than if it, you know, it's something I would forgive in another series. Like, ah, whatever. I don't care. Minor continuity error. But, you know, it's really big in something where it's like, he doesn't, I don't usually get this feeling on something like that. Yeah. Before we move on to Bakuman, it's been about six months we've been reading this stuff. I'm tired of some of it. <laughs> yeah. So we are going to set a new eight series to read every week. Kevin, do you want to take the first one? Sure. I'm actually going to call Blue Box. I know we, you know, called it for the month that we were going to be, or because we had that series got canceled, but... I actually do still want to keep talking about it. I've been really liking it these past couple of weeks. All right. I'll take one piece because that's what I got to pick first. It's in the contract. (laughs) (laughs) I still want to keep talking about Ayakashi Triangle. It's always been fun to talk about something a little different than your typical shonen thing, even though it's moving into more of a, hopefully more of a shonen arc, at least. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely in my top four. Mm Mm-hmm. My Hero Academia is what I'm going to pick next. I'm really liking the Nagant stuff. Sure. I hope we're on an upswing for it. I hope it finishes strong. Sure. But it's good to talk about every week, even if it is on a downswing. Yep. I'll take Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin. Again, just really been liking the series. And hopefully it's not coming to an end. It's just, you know, like you said, that good energy of coming to the arc ending. But I still want to keep talking about it. I'll take the first thing we weren't already reading, which is going to be Dr. Stone. Sure. Hopefully we go back on an upswing and we're not on a downswing. I feel like Dr. Stone is a series that while we're talking about it every week is always on a downswing. Then the moment we stop, it goes, <laughs> it back, goes back up. up. Hopefully that won't happen this time. Hopefully. I'm going to pick Mashal. Okay. For me, it was between Mashal and Jujutsu Kaisen, which we've you know been talking about both of them. But I like talking about the comedy stuff more. And this Jujutsu Kaisen arc, while I really enjoyed this last chapter, this arc has still been a bit of a mess. Well, I'm going to make that anticlimactic because my last pick is going to be Jujutsu Kaisen. Sure. It helps talking about it every week. It does. Nope, totally fair. All right. So basically, we're just replacing Mission Yuzakura with Dr. Stay. For me, that's a straight upgrade. (laughs) Watch, Mission Yuzakura is going to get great and Dr. Stone's going to start to suck. (laughs) Damn it. Alrighty, that just leaves us with a Bakuman to talk about, and we will do that after the break. Bakuman's good, Kevin. Yes, yes, it is. There's that bit in the middle of this volume where Hattori's like, oh shit, Bakuman is good, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I do love that bit. Yeah, so do you just want to start talking about... Yeah, we can. The cliffhanger from last time is that Edgy's graphic novels are way outselling them, and they try to come up with a plan to do it, to solve it. They kind of come up to, like, what if we just make sure that the last chapter of every graphic novel is a huge cliffhanger to make people back? And Hattori's like, it's hard to do, but some manga authors consider that. And I wonder if that was something considered for Bakuman. Because like I said, most of the volumes end really strong. 
Mm-hmm. There, the like one or two that don't seem really weird. But is that just because every chapter of Bakuman ends on a strong cliffhanger? Yeah, I, I can't tell which one that is. But I also like that they are taking the much more measured approach of, hey, listen, we can make small incremental changes, but we do not touch the roots of the story because that's what's working. So, you know, yes, there's stuff we can improve, but we're not going to go crazy to try and beat his graphic novel sales because they point out, you know, he was the author of Crow. There's a ton of people who are buying that just because he was the author of Crow. And I do that. Oh, this guy wrote that book? I totally want to read it. Like, with knowing next to nothing about it. Yeah. Didn't help Samurai 8, unfortunately. No, it did not help Samurai 8. But, you know, it's that... At the at the exact same time, it was, hey, the guy from Naruto's coming out with a new series. I'll read it. Yeah. It was good, too. By Samurai 8. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, like, I wonder, I wonder how the Volume 1 sales did on that. Because there were probably a lot of people that were like, oh, the Naruto guy made another series? I'm down. My nope. understanding is it did very well overseas, but not well in Japan. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I also love that for the first time, like, Eiji is talking to Yujiro, and Yujiro is like, so if they do better in the surveys, why are your sales so well? And Eiji's first for the first time, so I'm like, I don't know. I don't know everything. Yeah. I love that, like, page of defeat he's got. Yeah. So uh, then the devil shows up. Yes. She's so cute when she first shows up, and, like, I, I don't know what your thought was when this character walks on screen, but I was like, oh, this person's going to cause a lot of trouble for them. Yes. Now that I've read it before. Just yeah. gonna have one real bad blog post that's going to start the last arc of the story off. Yeah, there, there's definitely that, but I had the feeling, just like how she's portrayed, she's going to cause a lot of issues, but it's not going to be her fault. Like, she's not out to cause a bunch of issues. It's going, you know, it's going to be an accidental, you know, it's like you see the really clumsy guy about to fall over, and you're like, this is just inevitable at this point. Yeah, so... Their female assistant has a friend who's a rookie voice actress who really wants to go to the Tezuka Awards. And so she's like, can we go? And Masher's like, we've never gone, but Edgy will be there. And we have an infinite guest pass. So yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I do love how she's just straight gold digging immediately. Like, you got a <laughs> girlfriend, Masher? Yes. And I love that Takahama's like, oh, fr- like and like, you know? I don't mean they look alike. Yes. Yeah, I did like that. I loved Edgy being at the party where, you know, he's kind of like, uh, I can't believe I have to deal with the party people. Uh, Ashrogi Sensei, you're here. Thank God you can relieve the tedium. <laughs> yeah, I, someone I actually want to talk to. Yes. That never happens. Yeah, just all these people. I don't know. Talk to my editor-in-chief. Well, how about I don't know? Talk to my editor-in-chief. Yeah. Can't you see I'm literally stuffing lobsters in my face? <laughs> Ah, uh, Edgy's the best. Yes. So then they get an anime offer, and they're like, oh, there are only two series in Jump we could possibly make an anime to replace Crow. Zombie Star Gun or Reversi. Time for them to go to head-to-head. The big thing is, which, like, at le- legitimately at first confused me because of how anime is different nowadays, or at least feels different to me when they were like, all right, well... Uh, we can only make one of them into an anime, and part of me was like, "Why?" I understand. I understand it now, but like when it first happens, I legitimately had the thought of, "Why? Why can't you make both of them into an anime?" Like, I, I programming has left my head. 
Because I haven't watched TV in like two years, like on TV. So it just seemed insane to me that there was like, oh, well, there's only one opening in the programming block. To me, I think it's even more of a production issue of this studio can only make one anime, right? I presume. But it, and like, they are freeing up because they no longer are making Crow. Yes, but they had offers from other studios too. Yes, like that was the so it was like the uh, there's only the the one programming block available for it because Crow is leaving. It was like okay, that makes much more sense to me once I thought about it. But I literally I just remember thinking you could just have different studios make. I'm I'm so confused. Well, and we saw earlier with the old editor-in-chief, he was very protective of his series, right? Yeah. He got anime offers he turned down all the time. So presumably he wants these to be done with a partner they already have and they know will do good work. Well, I I think there's that, but I'm sure they have more than just one partner that they know will do good work. I felt like, just like they were talking about with Zombie Gun, where they were like, well, we don't want the anime to catch up to the manga really quickly. Yeah, and... Reversi seems like a shoo-in because Yujiro is like, yeah, we can't have a, a zombie gun be an anime yet. It'll catch up way too quick. Whereas the other guy's like, yeah, but Reversi is so dense, it'll be super slow to catch up. Yeah. So, you know, I I did like that that moment. But again, just the, oh, yeah, that's how TV works. I, can, I <laughs> forgot how that existed, you know. I just make that's both of Yeah, I was like, just make both. I'm so confused. <laughs> So Hattori's like, oh man, like I really want it to be an anime for them, but it the series might be over by the time the anime actually starts. That would be terrible. Yeah, it like it would be bad from an anime standpoint when you think about it. Yeah. He's like, so should I tell them? But what if they say no if I tell them? But it, like I, it would be my responsibility to tell them. And so finally, Mashiro and Shujin tell him why they want an anime so bad. Mm-hmm. And I love that he's like, oh, shit. Well, obviously, you should just get an anime. Yeah, that, oh, that's the most pure love story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like, no wonder you guys are good at manga. You live it. Yeah. He's like, don't worry, I, I got you on this. Yeah, but <laughs> I do completely understand his fears. And I'm wondering, you know, like you've said, if this is, Bakuman is the author's, like, venting their frustrations on Death With Note. With Death Note. And I'm wondering yeah. if this kind of thing happened. Uh, I yeah. don't know the anime timing of Death Note, but I I wonder if they wanted to end the story and then they're like, no, you have to keep it. Th- like, we can't end the manga and then start the anime. And then have is like, we can't just have it, you know, you got to keep going. Yeah. And they have said it was important to them to have 108 chapters because of the importance of that number in Buddhism. But I wonder if that's just a line they did to cover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I very much wonder that as well. Although we skipped one of my favorite parts of this volume, I just realized. So we should go back for it. Sure. Which is where New Year comes up and they're like, oh my God, we can actually take a break this time. Oh, that actually <laughs> does happen in between those. I completely forgot. Yeah. Yeah, I have my little note here. That's the only reason I remember. Well, I wanted to talk about it, but like you said, yeah. I, I forgot that like that's when it happens. But yeah. Because it's part of the best parts of the series, but it's not really important to the story. It, they talked earlier about trying to include standalone chapters that don't actually stand alone in their work, and it's kind of what it is. Yeah. Well, and it's it's a little bit more than their standalone chapter that doesn't stand alone. This is a bit more of, it's like a, a character development thing. We're like, yeah, we can have a chapter that the pace slows down a little bit. We can focus more on the characters, and it's not really about the main plot line. But there's still, you know, like, it's not 
literally a standalone chapter that doesn't matter. It will tie yeah. back into stuff, but it's like we can slow down, let you know, lower the pace a little bit, and develop our characters more. And that's exactly what happens with Kaya wanting to invite Mashiro to their trip. Yeah, but yeah, Takagi's like, we can finally take a break, so we're going to take a trip. We're going to go to the hot springs we had our honeymoon at. That was the last trip we took. And he's like, seriously? That was like four years ago, man. <laughs> he's like, I know, we never had time off, remember? That's the plot? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, she wanted you to come. He's like, wouldn't I crap your style? He's like, nah, man, we could have sex at home anytime we want. <laughs> <laughs> we live together. It's not like you and me, though. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. It was like, dude, you're not you're not going to be in the same room. We'll just be at the hot springs together. Yeah. I love that. Like, Kai's like, yeah, you're always around. And she was like, oh, you're always taking care of me. And it would be weird without you. Plus, you're just going to stay home alone, right? And he's like, well, that's mean and true. <laughs> <laughs> so they all go to the hot springs. And it's like one of the cutest chapters of Bakuman. Her Kaya gets super drunk and is just super earnest, and Kaya's the best, so it's great. Yeah. Well, I love that Kaya's basically drunk before they get there. Yeah. Like, because it's the two of them are in the hot spring, like, ah, relaxing, and then, you know, they, they finally get out, and by this point, Kaya's already started drinking. Yeah. And she's like, I gotta beat you at ping pong. Because, <laughs> like, the ping pong place is closed, and she's like, I'll close you. <laughs> But then they have that amazing bit where they watch the sun together. And they're like, hey, next time, let's bring Mio. Yep. It says uh, they feel like a family and they're amazing together. Yeah. It's incredibly cathartic. That could be the last chapter of Bakuman and it would be fine. Yes. But we have these anime shenanigans. <laughs> well, the moment that I really enjoyed, like, yes, the the whole we should come back together as a family, like, feeling of that was really nice. But it's like, then we can bring our kids and the guy was like, yeah, let's try tonight. <laughs> yeah, let's work on that right now with <laughs> Kaya slapping him in the face. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's good. It's a good joke. Ask your parents, kids. <laughs> so yeah, but then they're like, ah, oh, anime, we gotta get it. And Edgy is like, yeah, I don't want it yet. And Yuji is like, yeah, I guess Reversi will get an anime. And he's like, hold the fucking phone. No, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I like that he's not, He's not being, like, a total asshole about it. Like, well, no, they can't have one either. It's, uh, well, if they get an anime, then that'll help boost their sales, and that will make it harder for me to compete with them, so absolutely fucking not. Yeah, I love, like, Edgy has been an amazing character the entire time, but this last stretch, the way he gets to play villain is great. Yeah. Like, before, he always had that threat of, like, getting to cancel something, which he's already played. Yep. And so now he's just the straight rival of like, no, we're so close. I can't let them get any more edges. Yeah. They might actually pass me. Yep. That was, that was really nice. Uh, so I love that he comes up. He's like, oh, I just, I came up with a bunch of anime storyboards. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just write a bunch of episodes and then they won't catch up. And I love that everyone's like, he can't do that. And they all read the 20 he made like, God, he's good at this. We're getting distracted. We can, this isn't the point. <laughs> yes, I do love that. And I love that he also points out that, you know, staying faithful to the manga is good. But in Edgy's case, he's like, I can make something that's like, will literally make it a better anime than the manga. Yeah. Which does happen. Yeah. Well, and it's because they talk about how like, ah, oh, he's like, you know, he's writing as if he's writing for an anime as opposed to a manga. So there's... You know, in manga, you're looking for those cool still shots versus you want stuff looking cool in anime in motion and, you know, tons of other different things that come together where it's like, well, they're different mediums. So you can't literally use the storyboards for 
are basically use the manga as storyboards for the anime. Yeah. That's when we transition to basically the last arc of the... Although I, I really like how that arc ends, too, where Reversi ends up getting the anime. And I love that uh, the editor-in-chief calls Edgy to tell him why. Because you avoid yep. these situations. You don't you tell Aaron Rodgers when you're going to draft a quarterback behind him. So he won't have the mess he's in right now. Mm-hmm. And I really love that. He's like, yeah, I want them to catch up to you. So the competition's better. That's why I let them have it. Yeah. And he's like, I want... and. Not just I want them to catch up to you. I want them to get close to you so that you have to work harder to try and stay ahead of them so that both of you get better. Yeah. Like, it wasn't Which, just, no, I want you two guys to be tied. It was, I want them to get closer to you so that you can push each other to new heights. Yeah. And I love that we see Miho is practicing her lines from the volumes of manga even before the anime happens, even before she knows. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cute. Yeah, and that when Mashiro tells her, she calls him and like just reads all of her lines because she's practiced them. Yeah. That's really good, and I love her interactions with her boss where she's like, don't give me any more work till summer, please. And he's like, what? I don't, I mean, sure. <laughs> and every, everything you say to do works out, but I'm very confused by it every time. Yeah, and then she leans back in, she's like, hey, you're great. He's like, what? whatever, I, I don't understand you at all, woman. Yeah. You make good money, you are good at your job, so. I'm just going to roll with it. It's the same thing with Edgy, which is like, we're just going to let Edgy do, we're just going to let Edgy Edgy. I don't understand it, but it works. I mean, but Yujiro gets to the part, point where he harnesses it, right? Yes. He's like, look, I don't understand it, but I know that it's true and that it's useful. I feel like Yujiro and Edgy are like much more even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally fair. I just meant... That feeling of, listen, man, he's a genius. I don't understand it. Just roll with it. Yeah. Look, he's usually right. Sometimes you'll just be like, yeah, that guy didn't write this. And it'll be objectively true. And I'll be like, oh, shit, this ruins my day. (laughs) Yeah. But then, like you said, we transition into the last arc, or as I like to call it, fat bloggers ruin everything. Yeah. Always with their podcast being like, you didn't even finish these pages. (laughs) What's he even doing? God, he should have just worked 11 days this week instead of seven. Yep. Hey, it's that one guy they went to school with. He drew Mongo that one time. Yeah. Now he's a he, now he's an otaku creep. Yep. He has all the little sisters. He has all the little sisters. He's a complete asshole to his mom. Yeah. I always hate that trope. Me too. If you live in Route Three, uh, at least be nice to your mom. Yeah, I I do not mind. Like you know, it's yes, it's sad and depressing with the otaku creep by, but there's plenty of them that are not dicks to their family. Yeah, they're just like they're much just more dicks on the internet. Well, there there's some that are even like you know, it's not that they're even dicks on the internet. Like a lot of it is more focused on the sad thing of like they've given up on humanity isn't the right word, but like yeah. they're you know so socially awkward that they just can't go outside. Yeah. Versus this is like uh, the internet troll in his cave. Yeah. Who's gonna dig up this relationship between? Miho and Mashiro and cute girl from earlier blogs about it. She's like, yeah, I get to like work with my idol Miho who has a secret boyfriend. Yeah. And then the media gets it. And like, this is the thing I find terrible. Although it happens a little bit in American society too, which as soon as people find out she has a boyfriend, they all turn on her. Yep. Because of the weird sexualization of that. And like the weird sexualization of purity that occurs in Japan as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's always that, like, I completely understand it, where 
if she doesn't have a boyfriend, that they have a chance, even if it's yeah. minuscule. But if she does have a boyfriend, they don't. Yes. Like, I got a little sad when I found Ariana Grande got married. I didn't have a shot. But <laughs> at the same time, that's that weirdness, too. Of like, I didn't care if she had a boyfriend. People break up with their boyfriends all the time. Yeah. To be fair, celebrities uh, get divorced quite a lot. So, I mean, you know, you yes. can still get in there, bud. <laughs> My point zero 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 one chance got a few extra zeros, though. <laughs> yes. It, like, because also, Kevin, usually they get smart and don't make another dumb marriage after that. Usually. So, like, I'm not saying I totally don't get it, but, like, the full toxicity I don't get and the death threats. I, I do kind of love when we cut to Shonen Jump, though, and they're just like, hello, what's up? Die, Ashigori Sensei. Click. Oh. <laughs> Him just being like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, I have seen a lot of instances of that happening. So oh, it's so like, have I. It's that depressing thing of, like, why does this... I sort of under... I. I sort of understand the sociology of why this happens, and it's the anonymity of the internet. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. But, like, the step before it is what really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Just, like, the possessiveness of people that you have not even met and don't have a, a chance with. Yeah. Yep, that's definitely... You know, this is a good example of with uh, bad internet culture and why it's just like... Like, this is why people like this get a bad rap is... Unfortunately, people like this exist, and this this kind of stuff does happen. So, and fiction blows that out of proportion because yes. fiction blows everything out of proportion. It's fiction's job. Yes, but anyway, so now there's that threat, and they really want Miho to be the voice actress for their heroine, of course. But they're like, ah, but will people see it as nepotism? As yeah. like she she got the job because she's sleeping with you. Well, because it you know at first they have the. Even before that thing blows up, they're talking about, well, yes, the they were like, oh, the, the anime company does want to hold auditions, but everyone always has preferences of some variety. So you could probably easily sneak it in, hey, I'd like this person to do it. Yeah, and usually they will listen to the manga creators on stuff like that. Yeah, and I like that Mashiro is like, yes, of course I'm going to tell them, but she will get in, in our, on her own merit. Yeah. Like, anyway. Like, part of me almost read this as, I really just want you to extend an invitation to the yeah. auditions. Like, that's it. Like, she'll get in. I think that is Mashiro's point of view. But I also yes. think his partner, whose name won't come to my head Takagi. for some reason. It comes to my head, just not my lips. Takagi mm -hmm. is like, no, we need to sack the deck. Because Takagi's always been the more cynical, realistic one. Yes. And he's like, also, you two need to get married. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to happen. We we only got one volume left, Mashiro. Do you want to be sad forever? <laughs> it's a really long volume when it's as long as the first 19, but. <laughs> yeah, and I love that she's like that, too, because even when she reads the lines, Mashiro starts, like, giving his impression. She's like, hey, stop, that might be cheating. Yeah, yeah, I like that, too. And so then, you know, this stuff starts blowing more and more out of proportion. I love the Some moment. Some tabloids start writing stories. Oh, yes, I love the moment with Fakuda where he yeah, makes the Yeah, I was leading up to that. Okay. Well, because I think. Oh, that... where he leaves the. <laughs> Well, yeah. I was just thinking the tabloids explode, and that's where he finds out about it. Yeah, and he's like, wait a minute. Didn't, like, Kyoaki write a manga like, like this once? Yeah. And she calls him, like, hey, what's that about Mashiro and Miho? And she's like, yeah, you should, like, talk to them. Yeah. I don't know if the Takagi explains it. We just get to him crying. Yeah. That panel is so good. It's very good. Like, oh, it's so pure. People are such assholes. I have to use my platform. 
Yeah, so he rushes off to, he's got a Road Racer Geary podcast uh, that he's not on. It's a radio show. It's a radio show, but he's not on normally, like ever, I don't think. Like, it it made it sound like... He's probably been on, I think he's probably been on once before. Yeah, it yeah, it does make it sound like he's maybe been a special guest, but like he's not on consistently. Yeah, but he like rushes over there and like is like I need five minutes, and he just goes on about how people are assholes and their relationship is so pure. Yeah. Meanwhile, the uh, studio execs or the the voice actor exec is like, no, you need to deny it, and now we can't because now we have a friend of theirs coming out and publicly, you know, talking about it. Yeah, and I love that he calls jump and demands they have him rescind it. And he's like, no, I'll apologize because I went too far, but that's it. Yeah. Well, because, you know, the editor-in-chief is like, you should make him, you know, you have to make him rescind it. And he's like, no, screw you guys. Yeah. And Yushiro's like, yeah, he is not going to do that. I don't know if you you know this about him. He is a, like, 80s shonen protagonist. (laughs) And I do love, though, that he calls Mashiro. And he's like, hey, man, thanks for saying that kind of stuff. He's like, ah, sweet. You should probably, you know, like, say something to me. I was like, oh, shit, I should. (laughs) Uh, I, I love that how Fakuda's like, man, I'm really sorry. Mesh is like, no, I, I I was all for it. He's like, well, apologize to your girlfriend for me. She's like, nah, tell him thanks also for me. Yep. Yeah, like, that was really good. I just really want good. to scream, scream that I love you at the top of my lungs when they say I have to say we're not in a relationship. So she does on live TV. And by live TV, I mean a radio show. Yep. And then people are like, ah, oh, your career is over. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah. And I wrote, ah, oh, yes, marriage. The famous Shakespearean metaphor for death. <laughs> You know how all of Shakespeare's tragedies famously end in marriage. <laughs> uh, because the world is screwed up. Yep, and that's a cliffhanger. And then yeah. the digital version of this volume was really weird in that it contained like all the ending ads that aren't normally contained in the volume. I wonder if it was a straight scan for some reason. Possible. But like normally, I- you know, you get to an ending and like they had uh they even had the scan of the this is the last page. And I was like, uh, maybe that was like hand drawn by the creators. So they decided to keep that in, but they had like, yeah, blue exorcist. And I was like, this is really bizarre that this is in the chapter on Viz. I mean, it's probably, they had an intern do it and they weren't consistent. Well, it's just, it's only been this volume. Well, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. weren't consistent. They made, That's they fair. made this mistake this time. And I said, gotcha. Fuck it. Totally fair. Would be my guess because they scanned a ton of stuff for that archive. Yeah. And Bakuman probably all went in at once. Probably. Which I imagine is incredibly mindless work. Yep. So yeah, I love Fakuda in this chapter. I love Miho. Kaya is great as always. Eiji yep. is amazing in this. Yep. Yujiro is good in this. Yes. Pretty much everyone who appears is great. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't have anything else to say about it. We will finish up Bakuman one month from now, and I don't know what we'll do after that, because Bakuman is pure and perfect. Mm-hmm. Probably cry for a little bit. I mean, I already finished it, so I, I don't know if I'll have that strong an emotion, but we'll see. Also, I find that crying for media for me is entirely about my state of mind at the time, not the media. Because mm. I cried during Ant-Man. <laughs> and I was like, man, my depression is bad. I need to seek professional help. <laughs> it's not something to laugh at, but I'm doing well, it anyway. Um, I mean, it is now. Look. <laughs> that time that Tyler drove right into oncoming traffic into my car uh, while I was in the car with him was fucking terrifying at the time. It is hilarious now. (laughs) Same with that time that uh, Zach was driving in the snow with me. We hit an ice patch and we did a perfect U-turn into the opposite lane as he lost control. Fucking terrifying at the time. Hilarious now. Yep. I was like, I was driving with a buddy 
and we were driving like into the sun, like towards the sun, and he didn't notice the light was red. Thankfully, we were in, before too. Yep. Thankfully, we're in Wyoming, so uh, there's not a whole <laughs> lot of traffic. But it was we're driving along, we're driving along, we're coming up to the intersection and not slowing down. I'm like, you gonna stop? He's like, what? And just blows through the light. I was like, thank God, no one else was coming the other way. See, my story about that is not funny to me still. I had to do a, like, I, I had to turn it into a right turn into traffic. Oof. Uh, uh, yeah, it didn't. The only thing that got uh, damaged was the hamburger that I had gotten in my car, which flew out of the bag, hit the window, and opened. <laughs> but I didn't get hurt. No car, no, no damage to my car. Yep. Anyway, this has been car accidents. Yes. Next up is personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality Power Level is a segment where we rank characters from manga, from best to worst. At the top, we have Uzumaki Naruto from Naruto. At the bottom, we have Koku from Flame of Rekka. In the center, we have Hikaru Shiru from Magical Knight Ray Earth and Red from Pokemon Adventures. Anybody we want to move from Bakuman? I don't think so. Kuda's amazing this chapter, but probably doesn't move up. Kai's always great, and so is Edgy. Yeah, I think, like, I still really appreciate them, but I don't think they move anywhere. I want to save Miho for the last volume. Sure. So who else do we want to add? I was I was thinking, I honestly don't feel like if we are going to do that, there's not really Anybody? anyone. Yeah, there's not really anyone else to add. Like uh, that's, that's fair. Let's go through and make sure there's not someone we're missing. But I think you might be right about Because we got Edgy, obviously. We got Kaya. We got Mashiro. We got Takagi. Got Koaoki. Got Hatori. Owase. Fukuda. I kind of want to move Fakuda above Iwase. We have him below. That's fair. He ends up being a more important character overall and gets this great moment here. Yeah. Yujiro uh, Hiramaru, who was not in this volume. That's weird. That was weird. I was something I was like, huh, he wasn't here. But at the same time, he also kind of had his like arc resolution in the last one. So it makes sense that he wouldn't necessarily show up in this one. Yeah, I don't see it. Looking through, I don't see anybody that seems like they're missing. Yeah, there's, you know, there's some characters that we haven't talked about, but... We don't need to rank their assistants, I don't think. No. Or, oh, we've got all the manga creators, basically. We don't basically. need to rank this fat blogger. We don't need to rank th- this uh, new girl who ruins everything. Yeah. We don't need to uh, do the voice acting president, even though he's great in this one specific volume. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we're good, so... Let's talk about moving Fukuda, because that, that does make sense to me. Okay. For sure, move him above Iwase, I think. Mm-hmm. Do we want to move him above, above Aoki? I feel like he, like in the long run, he ends up doing more. At the same time, I'd like Aoki more, though. Okay. Like, I would agree with you, but I don't want to just rank him like, oh, he was just in the story more, and like yeah, had more yeah. parts. I, I really like this bit at the end here, and I love the way he supports Aoki and Hiramaru's relationship. Like, yeah. that could have gone toxic real easy. It seemed for a while like he and Aoki were going to get together. Yeah. But it turns out that there's just no spark there. They're just friends, which yeah. is nice. Uh, that would be putting him above uh, Hattori as well, who we have right under Aoki. I kind of skipped over him, and I suppose I don't think he's better than Hattori. Yeah. I kind of want to put Hattori above Aoki as well, but I have a feeling you, you like where he is. No, I could do that one. Okay. Here, let, let, let's move Hattori first and then talk about Fakuna more. Sure. Ranma's right above Aoki. I probably think he's still below Ranma, though. So that's yeah. probably just a direct move. Just a yeah. swap. That, that's swap him fine. to 31 and her to 32. Mm-hmm. Fakuda, if we put him right above Aoki, he's below Kurumi Sagara, a.k.a. Santa from Sweet Rain. 
which is maybe also fine. Yeah. Maybe just make those flips. So Hattori above Aoki puts him at 31 and her at 32. Fukuda above Awase puts him at 35 and her at 36. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alrighty. Anything else or do we think that does it for this week? That does it for this week, I think. Alrighty. Next week, we will be reading Pokemon Adventures Volume 2, because it's been a long-ass time since we read anything Pokemon, and I'm in a Pokemon mood. Mm-hmm. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is The Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt www.lastpodcast.com is our website where you can find my other podcasts, which are mostly just It's a Gundam right now. Last time on video games should be returning soon TM, but we haven't recorded it yet, so it'll be a couple more weeks before that's back. Anything you want to plug, Kevin? Nope. We'll see you next week, everybody. 